Well, I love a good museum exhibit that teaches me something that I don't know. And there's one in particular at the Smithsonian that I would say you would probably have trouble finding anywhere else or learning about anywhere else for that matter. It has to do with carrier pigeons and their importance during World War One. Yes, carrier pigeons. Uh, Dr. Frank, Bla- Frank Blazich is the Museum Curator of Political and Military History at the Smithsonian Institution and joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning, and thank you for having me on. First of all, what a fascinating job you have. Is it like something great every single day? Yes. <laughs> One of the fun aspects of working at a museum is you, you never exactly have two days alike, and you never know what you're going to encounter when you walk into the building in the morning. And uh, a great example of that is our pigeons, because uh, certainly we have them outside the museum grounds, but it's something else to walk into storage and encounter not one but four uh, former military homing pigeons that we have in our collection. Wow. Okay, so how important were carrier pigeons during the war? Uh, Well, the use of pigeons for carrying messages goes back uh, to ancient times, but from war's perspective, it's really during the Siege of Paris, during the Franco-Prussian War for about 1878-1871, that pigeons really caught the fascination of the world's militaries. And in this case, the French officials were actually able to take pigeons out of the city by balloon, and then the pigeons would fly back into Paris carrying essentially uh, early forms of microfilm. And they were able to bring in uh, tens of thousands of messages, uh, very small messages. You could call these the original tweets, if you will, (laughs) and bring them back into Paris. And it really opened the military's eyes to, wow, you know, pigeons can overcome sieges. They can overcome attempts to block communications on the ground. This came to the forefront during the Great War, World War One, when you have uh, industrialized warfare with the ma- massed artillery fires, uh, heavy use of automatic weapons, machine guns, and it, with the static lines of the Western Front, it really made it near impossible at times to get a message out by human runner or by a vehicle, for example, or particularly by wired communications. Radio is still in its infancy, and these are very fragile units, not really ideal for the rough-and-tumble battlefields. And wired communications are great until you have artillery cutting the lines or the enemy actually going out and Mm -hmm. tapping the wires, literally connecting one wire to another and listening in on your communications. But a pigeon could carry a written message, fly out over and above the trenches, and were highly effective, they, about 95 to 99% accuracy. In wow. Fact. Uh, the, pigeon would get, the pigeon would get through, so but nothing I, else could. I know there's one in particular that you focus on in your exhibit called Cher Ami. What do we know about this pigeon? So Cher Ami, arguably, and I use the word arguably if folks would like to, to debate the fact, is perhaps the most famous pigeon in the world, at least to Americans, and Americans, we, we always like to say we're first, and we always like to <laughs> <laughs> pump out our chest there. Uh, sorry about that. Cherami uh, is actually English, is an English-bred homing pigeon. Cherami, uh, I believe, and again, it's somewhat up for debate, uh, was, would be hatched about April of 1918, and was one of 600 English-bred pigeons that were donated by the the British military, to the United States Army on May 20th, 1918. Uh, 
Jeremy was essentially you know, no different than, all, than the 599 other pigeons. But what makes Jeremy's story most fascinating and really put the bird into the place of legend is that according to, according to the legend, according to the, the story, on October 4th, 1918, Jeremy was the seventh of eight pigeons uh, to carry a message out from the Charlevoix Ravine of the men of what were known as the Lost Battalion. This was a kind of a composite unit of the 308th Infantry Regiment that found itself surrounded by the German forces in the Argonne Forest. And when all hope seemed lost, this little one-pound mass of flesh and feathers delivered a message under withering German fire back to American lines, which would play a vital role in the relief of this unit several days later. And in the course of this action, I left out the one key element, (laughs) and in the course of this action while flying out, uh, Jeremy was hit by either a German bullet or perhaps a, a fragment of an artillery shell that almost completely severed the bird's right leg and then cut across the breastbone and took out about a dime-sized, uh, actually left a dime-sized hole in the bird's sternum. Despite these wounds, Jeremy still managed to fly back to his loft with the message just with the message and its little aluminum capsule just dangling from the remains of the right leg. Uh, wow. But Jeremy made it back, and the message made it back. So really an incredible... An incredible story of just fortitude under the most terrible of conditions. And really for this reason, more than anything, Cherami is remembered today. That is amazing. And do you find that people don't know a lot about this history? People know about Cherami. <laughs> but perhaps animals in war, uh, those stories are not as well known. They're somewhat niche to many audiences. And it really comes to a shock to many people that the smallest combatants in the war were the were pigeons and that pigeons played a really vital role they were extensively used by the french army uh, by the, the british army or the british expeditionary forces including the canadian expeditionary forces used pigeons uh, the americans coming in our as typical of us we typically come after the war has started <laughs> when we entered the war in uh, in you know, the summer of 1917, we didn't use pigeons. And it was British and French officials who came to America saying, you all have to have these. And we swiftly set up our pigeon forces thereafter. Germans used pigeons. Uh, the Austro-Hungarians used pigeons. The Japanese, the Italians, everybody used pigeons. They, they were critical. Uh, they were a critical component of the battlefield and, so and the- not just uh, an oddity. Right. Did that change, obviously, then, I guess, because of technology during World War One, World War Two? Yes and no. In fact, pigeons continue to be used into the Second World War. Uh, there are a number of notable stories of pigeons, particularly in the Royal Air Force's uh, Coastal Command and Bomber Command, uh, would carry pigeons as backup communications in the event that the aircraft would go down uh, by accident or by enemy action. Uh, pigeons found themselves used on the battlefields. Uh, they were carried into action on the chest harnesses of paratroopers, so pigeons actually jumped into battle. Uh, pigeons uh, found themselves occasionally at sea. In fact, the U.S. Navy used them in Okinawa uh, to, to fly uh, information for ships as they were staging their way to unload their cargoes. They actually found that pigeons were an effective message to communicate from ship to shore. Uh, 
In the First World War, pigeons were used in tanks. Uh, they were used in submarines, in fact. In the Second World War, pigeons found themselves used in blimps on anti-submarine huh. patrol because a pigeon would not reveal the blimp's location. The submarine wouldn't detect the radio signal. So a pigeon was kind of a stealthy way to communicate, so to speak. Pigeons were used by French resistance. Pigeons found themselves a vital role in actually uh, to gather information from German-occupied Western Europe. Uh, the British, in some cases, would fly aircraft over uh, France, Belgium, the Netherlands, and actually parachute pigeons down with the hope that uh, locals would find the birds and answer a questionnaire and provide information on German forces in the area. Amazing. So, something that seemed obsolete with all yeah. the advances in radio communications, pigeons continued to be reliable. In fact, more reliable. Uh, the U.S. Army reported a 99% accuracy rate. Wow. Pigeons. You know, Dr. Blasard, you've uh, convinced me that I need to make a trip to the Smithsonian to see all of this in person, which is what I would really love to do. Listen, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. That's Dr. Frank Blazich, Museum Curator of Political and Military History at the Smithsonian Institution. And honestly, that is on my bucket list. I would love to go and see anything, really, at any of the exhibits at the Smithsonian.